Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dropkicks. We're here live on another Saturday afternoon on the Let's Get Ready Network, twitch.tv slash LGR Network. Thank you all for joining us here today. I see we got a few watching live along with us, so uh, thanks you all for tuning in. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Soda from the North. How are you today, sir? It's been a roller coaster of a week, not just in wrestling, but in life. So <laughs> let's, get on, uh, let's get on discussing this week in wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, I think let's let's just get right into it here, man. Uh, I want to talk about this because we had messed each other back and forth about uh, this crazy ongoings. But yeah. uh, Shane McMahon, who uh, popped up in the, the Royal Rumble, uh, much to the the uh, maybe not so uh, well reception by, by, by some fans, especially uh, shout out to James Shimo and Ryan Payne. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the watch along that we did together, uh, and we all had the reaction of oh, I know, like you got to watch the clip. Go check at least just that part of the watch along out. But um, little did we know what was actually happening behind the scenes. Uh, apparently, some some big differences between Shane and uh, Elder McMahon here, and everyone uh, else, apparently, <laughs> and everybody. Uh, Shane trying to, I think. Book the rumble around himself, I guess is what is I, I hear. what it was. Yeah, he was basically trying to veto all of the other producers working on the match. And uh, even Vince McMahon was saying no to a lot of Shane's ideas. Yeah, yeah. So he had a bunch of ideas. I think one of them involved, from what I've read, more reports have come out about he wanted to be number one at one point. He wanted to have a big spot towards the end. Uh, eventually, this is just a, what, I've, what I've read from uh, Fightful here. Uh, they were saying that he wanted to be number 29. Uh, Randy Orton was number 29, as we saw. Yeah. Uh, 28, his music hits, and he sort of had a moment of, like, not – he wasn't going to go out there. Uh, and he, they were like, no, you're Randy Orton's not going out to your music. Get the fuck out there, basically. No kidding. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so – and then as, as we saw later – uh, the reports are that he has been let go by WWE. Yeah. Uh, and there was another report out that was like some people were warning Tony yeah. Khan Tony to, to stay the fuck back away from uh, from Shane. That's crazy. That my mind. Because, yeah. like, uh, you listen to like how she, like the old days when Shane was running the crew, and he was one of the boys. Like, that's what he was back in the day. But then you hear this about Shane, it's just like, what happened? Yeah. Like it's, he's it's in no crazy. position. Like besides being McMahon's son, he really shouldn't be in a position to 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 do that, especially when it makes no sense. Yeah, basically, what the Royal Rumble match itself ended up being, no sense. 
Now, I think the last time he left WWE, he left on his own accord, right? Yes. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So this this is much different in serious. that sense that this this is a lot more serious. It seems like yeah. he is not welcome uh, anywhere near WWE right now, uh, despite being the boss's son and everything. Yeah. And who knows if if fences will be mended or anything? But it sounds like you know uh, Shane nearly as out of control as his own father, and they've yeah. taken off the, taken after him in that regard. So do they make men? Men have like a certain age where their brainwaves flip to crazy, like right? Well, what is the deal here? Yeah. But um, that's the yeah, same thing. And, Triple H and Stephanie have daughters. Yeah, yeah, and and at this point, like as a fan, I'm like, I, I don't need to see Shane McMahon anywhere near professional wrestling ever again. If I'm being honest, uh, especially after that appearance in the Rumble. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, ho- hopefully. He can go do something else with his career, but I I just don't want to see him. I wouldn't have minded it if it was just because he never appeared in the Rumble up to that point. I wouldn't have minded it if that was just the case, just to get that onto say he could he did it. If that was it, but then you hear all this stuff coming out, and you're just like, nope, no, thank you, we're good. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's sort of the end of the story uh, with Gene, but uh, some some crazy shit there, really. That seems like it went down. Yeah, but not something that I expected. Well, and to, one of the things I, I, I heard that was pissing people off was like Brock had his ideas for the match, and Vince McMahon didn't veto any one of them. And one of the things I'd been hearing was that Shane was going around complaining to people that yeah that, about that. It's like, come on, man. One is yeah. legit badass; the other one thinks he's a badass. It's a big <laughs> difference. And then I believe that how it ended up, uh, Brock just killed Shane towards the end. There, just tossed him. Yeah, they cl- gave him a clothesline basically. Over yeah, the, they go over the first over time, the, time just <laughs> yeah. See ya. So there you go. That's probably uh, the end of Shane McMahon and WWE at least for for a while. I mean, who, who knows? Which again. in a way is is a bit of a shame because shame because I do think as an on camera personality, I think he's when he's used right, he's he's pretty good. Because as you can sure. tell, when his music hit, he still gets a pop. Oh yeah, I mean, at, at any point, which is crazy to me that the yeah. fans still react in that way. You think well, it's more like us, like shit no shit, he's gonna die. <laughs> well, yeah, potentially yeah. that as well. Before we uh, move maybe on, that's I fans just, want to see. Yeah, what is your favorite Shane McMahon high spot? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I actually recently there was one that sticks out to me, and that is uh, where he I think it was him against Kevin Owens, and he tumbles off the the. T- Dives off the top of Hell in a Cell, uh, trying to hit Kevin Owens through the table, but yeah. Sami Zayn pulls Owens off just before he hits and just goes straight through the table himself. For for what about me, you? it's going back uh, twenty two years, almost twenty two years at this point. SummerSlam two thousand, his fall from the Titantron in his hardcore match with Shane Black. Oh Shane Black. my god, that's my that's, that's, that's mine. a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Just... <laughs> Yeah, it looks dumb, but when you see him fall from that, and those things were not tiny, when you see him fall, you're like, oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, there we go. That might be the end of Shane McMahon's story for oh, well. a while. But uh, from from one crazy uh, thing to another, let's, let's get, change the subject here a little bit because I just watched a little bit of this week's Impact before we went on the air here, and – uh, it was this Matt Cardona versus Jordan Grace match. And I don't know if you've seen this, Soda, but we it's talked so about Matt cool. Cardona. We put him over on the show a lot, and, and I wanted to talk about him here because 
Uh, he solidified his heel turn now on Impact because he was being booked as a babyface for a while, both him and Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, and he finally turned here. You know, Impact has not sh- ever shied away from intergender wrestling, <laughs> especially recently. They sort of look at it as almost equal. They, it doesn't really matter who's in there with who, just as long well, as it's one. Terry Blanchard, things. heavyweight champion. Yeah, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, and Jordan Grace as well, who's known for having some of these intergender mm-hmm. matches. And they, that was the point of this internet title that she was putting on the line here in this match, is that it is kind of like a, an intergender title, and anybody can challenge for it. Uh, so Matt Cardona challenging it for it here. And basically, any, every time he hits Jordan Grace, he has this look of shame on his, <laughs> on his face. Like, what have I done hitting a woman, basically? And Because this was the first time he had ever wrestled an intergender oh. match, and they were putting that over here. Uh, but he gets to a point where he's on the outside of the ring. Jordan goes to the outside. The referee gets distracted because he goes to pick up. He goes and picks up the belt and tries to bring it to the ring. He does that whole spot. And the ref goes to get rid of the belt, and Matt Cardona just slaps Jordan Grace in the chair uh, and rolls her into the ring. Hits his finisher. Uh, counts the three. New internet champion in Impact. Matt Cardona. I mean, just it's a slimy prick that he's in. He is, yeah, but, but the if, title if, uh, character. It does, it does. And uh, if it means he's going to be more like his GCW character now in Impact, I am all for this. Because okay. he is just one of the best heels in the business Agreed. right now. And I, think, I think this is a great turn for him. I always thought he would have been a great babyface. I never would have thought he would have been a great heel. But here we are. And I mean, like, yeah. look at the success he's, uh, he has. He's just won the, the, uh, the Digital World Champion or whatever the hell it's called in Impact. He's going for the NWA heavyweight title against Trevor Murdoch. Like, I mean, he had his he had his King of the Hardcore match run in GCW. Like, the man is money right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of those been those bigger names in wrestling that, that we yeah. have certainly talked about for a while. Yeah. But from one big name to another, uh, there was a report uh, earlier this week that was um, here from uh, from Dave Meltzer uh, saying that um, this is what he writes in the Wrestling Observer. A number of WWE talents who were fired in early November and are now free to start working elsewhere. Keith Lee is on that list, and we're told mm-hmm. that he's been talked about for AEW. Uh, if not, has already agreed to a deal there. So that's exciting, possibly. Which plays uh, into something that was announced yesterday. On yes. AEW. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Keith Lee potentially joining the AEW roster here. Um, we'll get to more more teases of what we might get there with him, but we have talked about on this show before uh, how much we think Keith Lee would be a star in AEW, and the only I guess the only bit of concern here is that his health. Uh, and as mm-hmm. Meltzer points out here, uh, he had trouble early on in NXT. Eventually, became one of its most popular wrestlers. He struggled with start stop booking on the main roster until COVID and heart issues stemming from COVID. Yeah. Put him on the shelf for most of last year. This is a very interesting. He was 33 when he signed with WWE, but he's 37 now. For a guy really? of his size, That's four years. Yeah, for a guy of his size, speed and injuries become more of a factor yeah. getting older. The Keith Lee of 2018, I'd call a hire with great potential for AEW because he's got all the charisma, the size, and athletic talent. I personally think that's still true. Yeah. Uh, and then Meltzer concludes here in 2022 is possible. He could still be a great hire, but there are question marks. So uh, that being said, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a 
an easy call to yeah. sign this guy. I think all the things that Meltzer was saying about him being big, big and athletic and all this stuff is still true. We haven't seen him wrestle in a while, but the other crazy thing to talk about here is that he did sit on the shelf, basically, in in WWE for a while, and some of that certainly was health-related, but yeah. he was, again, this crazy fact that he was 33 when he first signed, he was in NXT, and I remember this because I was excited when they signed Keith Lee, and eventually they did give him that big run and that big push that we all kind of wanted, but for so long they were just doing nothing with him, and even for NXT, sense. and even for NXT, which was, like, great back yeah. then, which was kind of like the show. Those matches with Jayakovic were, like, the talk of the show. The, the Dijak matches were amazing, but that was, like, after he had been just sitting there in their system for, like, two years already. Which is just like baffling to me. It's like, okay, not only did Vince McMahon couldn't figure out what the fuck to do with Keith Lee, with Keith Lee of all people, mm-hmm. but they, they, even Triple H didn't know what to do with him at first. It's like, what the weird. fuck? How? This is like <laughs> I, one of the most talented guys in wrestling. But, you know, I hope he does end up in AEW, and I hope they recreate that spot that he did with Adam Cole. And uh, yeah, NXT yeah. Where it's, I like to send it to my friends every once in a while with a wee. It's when Cole's running down and Bearcat just pounces him. He just freaking Cole flies out of the front. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's another name, too, that could also be uh, headed to AEW because he was released around the same time. That's Karrion Cross. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I that That's a, a name. I'm not sure if I can see him in AEW, but we, we can kind of talk about it here as we start to speculate mm-hmm. uh, on this because – uh, the big announcement here, Tony Khan mm-hmm. made on Twitter, uh, and, and we can I can sort of read the, the tweets in order here of when they were posted. Uh, so uh, Tony Khan here says, as referenced on Rampage, I have a surprise. On Dynamite Live on TBS, the top wrestler will walk through the forbidden door this Wednesday and debut in AEW. More info to come. And then the next tweet, he says, the forbidden door can be open for anyone any wrestling promotion in the world, whether or not it's a company AEW is on good terms with, even if it's somebody from a company that's open for business. It's interesting. They're also welcome to slam the door in the face yeah. of their prior company. So that part of it we can sort of talk about here. But to, yeah. to conclude here, uh, he says, with a great showing in tonight's match uh, against, uh, what was that, against Moxley? No, that was against uh, uh, Sammy Guevara. For Sammy Guevara the, uh, for the TNT uh, title. I'm sorry. I got, I got mixed up for there for a second. But uh, Isaiah Cassidy yeah. has earned a qualifying match for the spot Good in the man. face of the Revolution ladder match. So uh, his opponent will debut Wednesday and sign a contract with AEW. And, and then he clarifies. Yeah. Yeah. And then he clarifies the big announcement for Wednesday's Dynamite that we referenced uh, on Rampage, the free agent debut, and the person walking through the forbidden door are one and the same. They're walking in the door, signing a contract, and then slamming the door shut on Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So that makes me think that it's Keith Lee because he's, mm-hmm. he keeps referencing this uh, sort of, well, the Forbidden Door is open for anybody. So it's like, oh, it could be somebody from New Japan or Ring of Honor or whatever. Yeah, it could be but, a lot of different things. Yeah. But that last part of being like slamming the door shut on their former company makes me think that it is a former WWE star. So it could very well be Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. It could also be Jeff Hardy. Uh, that's another game that I've heard. Matt Hardy's been talking to saying that they're thinking they're yeah. going to win. However, I don't know. I think Jeff's no compete is still uh, is up like later in the year. Yeah, it's, so, it's, still, it's a little bit away. It's bits away. That so makes me yeah. So that makes me kind of rule him out. You had mm-hmm. mentioned carrying Cross earlier. Uh, that could be an interesting game. I think 
you know, if he's going to work any, if he's going to work well with anybody in AEW, I think maybe joining the House of Black could be an interesting oh. way for them to go. Because uh, oh, they're, I think, like uh, Brody King is referenced, like adding a third member here uh, on, on social media and everything. And you know, like, oh, Scarlett, you can bring in Scarlet as well. Sounds to be like their manager. Yeah. Manager, yeah. Oh, I never so, thought about that. Like, so, know, yeah. Think, so, hey, whoa, if I they mean, bring, if they bring both Keith, just to finish my thought here, if they bring both Keith Lee and Carrie Cross and Scarlet and BAM, they bring well, all of them in. I'm fine. I'm totally yeah. fine with it. So. Yeah, like what a role I would have loved to have seen Karrion Cross in is what we're getting with Lance Archer right now. Because I think he would have been a better big man foil for Paige. Nothing against Lance Archer. Like, yeah, dude, I know you can eat me for breakfast, so please don't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I think there, I think Karrion Cross would have been the better alternative. But of course, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Are anybody else that like sticks out to you as potentially being there? Maybe somebody from New Japan, or I mean, I just it seems like. This uh, this is indicating that it's somebody that used it's, to be in WWE. It's, it's got to be WWE. Just, yeah. just based on the wording that Tony Khan used, it could be. It could really be anybody. I've heard some people yeah. saying, "Hey, we want Johnny Gargano." Could you imagine Johnny? Could wrestling? be Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. Could be him. Uh, yeah, I think honestly, I mean, they just did that Cleveland show, and yeah. I had heard talks that from Meltzer was sort of speculating on it that that he thought Johnny was going to debut on that show. The thing is that Candace has not had the baby yet. So, so I believe that that sort of uh, recent report as well, that Johnny's not signing anywhere, really doing anything until after uh, they've had the baby and everything. You know, give him time to be a dad. Yeah. Give him time to be a dad. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do think he's having fun right now. So just let him have fun. I would get, put strong possibility on Johnny Gargano signing with AEW in the future. Yeah. Uh, there, that was sort of also reported on recently, I think, by Dave Meltzer, Fightful, or one of those one of those mm-hmm. guys um, that that he is in, also in talks with AEW. But yeah. I, I think that the easy money here for Wednesday is Keith Lee. I really so, do. I think I think that's who I kind of, that's who I want to see, and that's who oh, I for sure. I think we might yeah. see for Isaiah Cassidy if that's the case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but I do want to, like, the, the Forbidden Door thing, like, I can't remember, I think it might have still been what culture, but yesterday's edition, where one of the questions was, could you imagine, uh, like, this to do with the Moxley Danielson tease that we got on Rampage, could you imagine if they, the, those two do a faction and you have William Regal be their manager? Whoa, that would be something. Yeah. 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 Uh, William Regal, who I think was in talks to maybe do something for impact. Well, I don't know about um, talk, but Tommy Dreamer did say in Busted Open a, while, a little while ago that he told Regal when you're ready. Oh, he offered him a spot. Yeah. 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 You got a spot. Um, yeah. The other quick news actually, before we forget about impact that I saw today is that uh, Lance Storm has, yep. uh, has joined impact wrestling to in like a right. coaching uh, role. So that's really good. And I've, I've actually noticed that the wrestling has uh, improved like yep. over the last uh, couple months or so for impact. So I, I don't know if that has something to do with, Lance Storm, I know, like, after, you know, listening to him a few times on Brian Alvarez's show or whatnot, um, he has been working with a few of the wrestlers there, but now I think he's in uh, more of an official capacity, like, working for Impact Wrestling. So that's great. That makes gives me hope that the wrestling's just going to be amazing uh, for Impact. And yeah, because Lance I actually, Storm, has, uh, he, has, uh, he has a reputation as being one of the best trainers around. Like, you... You you yeah, rarely yeah. hear any bad things about the people he's trained. So the dude's got a reputation, and he's a legend, and he still knows how to. He still has. A oh yeah, business. he knows knows how to work. He knows yeah. what really good workers look like, and and how yeah. to 
uh, you know, in, in, in ring psychology, all that kind of stuff. So, one hundred percent fluidity and just like yeah, how, yeah. How, oh yeah, the dude, the dude's a genius. I think he's very, in my opinion, because he did make it that big. I think he's a very underrated in, in talent in terms of the big scope of wrestling. He should be up there with the greats. Yeah, and just seeing him talking on his show and everything, uh, he he clearly has a has an interest in Impact Wrestling. I mm. think. He sees the potential in it because of how talented the roster is yeah. and how good some of these workers are. So to bring him in there, I think, is a, is a real big get for Impact yeah. Wrestling. And plus, I'm, I'm in the Impact, you do have more room to mold them. You're not molding them to WWE's image. You're molding them to be the best pro wrestler they can possibly Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so Impact Wrestling, they have a big pay-per-view coming up in April that they're doing uh, in Poughkeepsie, yeah. New York, which is like a uh, potential driving distance for me. So... April's looking like it could be a lot of fun, man, uh, with uh, AW, AW in Boston on April 6th. Hopefully I'll be getting tickets for that. Uh, and then uh, Impact towards the end of the month in Poughkeepsie, New York, for their yeah. for their Rebellion paper. Are you going to go into to the Impact show? I think I might, yeah, because Impact is like, uh, to be honest, it's been really good recently. Mm. I, I would love, love to go and, and see a pay-per-view for, for what they currently are putting out for product. Absolutely. I recommend it. Yeah. And, and it's funny because because people who watch Impact Wrestling, wrestling fans that watch Impact Wrestling, are constantly putting it over right right now, like recently. Mm. Um, uh, ever since, like, um, basically since Christian Cage left and the door with AEW kind of shut, which is kind of oh. interesting. There's been it's it's improved uh, in quality, and I think that like bringing in those AEW guys to start was good to sort of. Yeah, you needed, uh, you needed the eyes of the product. Yeah, giving it a kick in the butt, so to say. But now, like, they've actually, I feel like, improved the show a lot as well recently. So uh, a lot of people just don't watch it because they're like, it's Impact, you yeah. know? And again, we've talked about it. Like, you say, man, Impact is really good. You get weird looks from some wrestling fans. But to be honest, like, people who watch Impact Wrestling have, right now, have been saying that it's actually yeah. really good and worth watching. Before so. we move on, Christian uh, yeah. Cage posted a wild stat that I never thought about. Did you know he main evented three pay-per-views for three major companies last year? Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and then he main evented a pay-per-view for TNA, or for Impact, and for Impact. AEW. Like, that's yep. wild. Yep. And he and, said he's an AEW guy for life, which I'm like, good. I think he'll. He, I think he, that's where he should end his career. Yeah, if I had told you that prior to 2021, you would have been like, wait, Christian? Like, Christian? Christian? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I would ask you just how good the drugs are over in Eastern <laughs> right. Canada, or Eastern United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's get into it. And talk about these uh, these two shows uh, this week. Uh, kicking off with in uh, Chicago, and uh, man, what a main event this this was for this show. We'll we'll get in and talk about it here. Uh, but kicking things off, we had John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta, and I <laughs> thought that this was a a, a totally solid, uh, well-paced uh, opener for this show. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. What did you think about this opening match? Uh, it was a good opener. Um, given their circumstances, they did the best they could do, and they did a good job at it. Yeah. Uh, I, we're, we don't need to necessarily get into nope. it here, but I just, thought uh, – Just Google Brian Kendrick. Yes. That's all, <laughs> you, need, all you need to yeah. do. Um, but I thought, you know, Wheeler Yuta was a fine uh, mm. replacement here and, and looked good in there. Uh, Moxley has looked phenomenal since oh, he's yeah. uh, His health, uh, he looks like he's in great shape. 
both mentally and physically, and and it shows like in in, in these he, he looks, he's definitely he looks and he's acting like he's got a second chance. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's definitely absolutely. making the best out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then this uh, this segment afterwards with Brian Danielson coming out and asking the crowd if they they want to see yeah. that fight, and everybody says, "Of course, we want to see this match." Uh, that I think was supposed to happen before Moxley stepped away for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was season. supposed to be the match that Brian Danielson had against Rusev was originally supposed to get against Moxley. Nero. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Danielson coming out here and sort of pitching this idea of maybe like a stable uh, mm-hmm. with 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 guys like Lee Moriarty and and uh, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta and get, gets the crowd thinking, oh, wow, this is something yeah. that I didn't know I wanted until you're, you're putting it out. Right. And, and even got Moxley to sort of think about it for a little bit and, and consider it. And think, oh, wow, that is kind of a really good idea. So um, we'll see. I think that they will eventually have a match against each other. Yeah. But this is a really intriguing sort of idea that was pitched forth here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this stuff? I'm, I'm with you. It's it's like going in, it's like, I really want to see these two fight against each other. And then coming out, it's like, I really want to see them in a faction. Yeah. Um, and then, Right, and it seems more possible now with what's going on with the inner circle. So it seems like we could possibly yeah. swap for a different faction. Sure, yeah. And that actually brings me into when we get to the TNT title match, if whether or not that'll potentially play into the inner circle stuff. It could. It very well could. But, yeah, I thought this was a solid way to start the show. Uh, crowd mm-hmm. seems to be super into it. Um, but then, oh, my goodness. Uh, what some people are calling uh, taking the rating on the show, uh, that's not what this was. It certainly that's not as simple as just this show. I think people were watching South Park. People were watching the NBA. The show didn't do as well in the ratings, whatever. You're going to have yeah. those, those weeks. Um, but uh, Brandy Rhodes comes out and gets just, just absolutely booed. Uh, like she's the biggest heel on the show, uh, even more so than MJF. And, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, and starts cutting this promo, uh, which is then followed by Dan Lambert coming out. Uh, this turns into a schmoz with uh, Paige, the return of Paige Van Zandt, which I'm super excited about. But, um, all the talk after this show is that this was like one of the worst segments of all time. Uh, I don't think it was one of the worst segments of all time in the history of wrestling. Uh, it was not very good, but I loved every second of it. I was entertained <laughs> by this. This is like. One of those things that's so bad, but you can't look away from. Yeah, uh, no. it had its it had its own entertainment value, and I get why people are burying this. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. But I personally was entertained by it in the same way as being maybe be, and being entertained by watching the Jerry Springer show or Maury <laughs> or Doctor Phil or one of these just ridiculously horrible. Yeah. American reality TV. The show. only moment I remember specifically is Dan Lambert made a comment about the Brandy Roses, and she just stood there in the background. He was talking. She's just like, and she just sort of playing it up. And I'm just laughing hysterically at that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> there were some good jabs in there. There was one comment oh, yeah. where he talks about going up in a burning flame of cancel culture that yeah. popped the crowd. Yeah. Everybody laughed at that one. For um, sure. And but, you can tell the announcers are speechless on that one. Yeah. And, but see what you will about the segments. Like you, they, they're, they're, they're both pretty good on the mic. Like I will give that to Brandy. Oh, yeah. she's, she's good on the mic. For sure. And, you know, as much as people hate this, 
and the people don't want to see it. I do actually really want to see Brandy Rhodes and Paige Van Zandt because yeah. it could be an absolute train wreck. But it's, again, one of those things that could be so horrible you don't want to look away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it was what it was. We could move on. Um, we had Malachi Black and Brody King uh, absolutely Destroy. going to town. Again, destroying it by the end of it. Uh, great, great match against Pac and Penta. I think this might have, uh, you know, I, I we could talk about the main event, which was mm. very great in its own way. But this match, in terms from like an in-ring perspective, I thought was very, very good. Yeah, I like the spot where, you know, Pac, uh, Pac did, what does that mean, name it means anyways? Like, I've never understood the name Pac. Pock or pack or however you say it, yeah. Anyways, um, sure. it's called the bastard. That's what it is. Pretty much, just don't call him that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but he's not wrong. Swerve. Yeah. No, I, what I remember is he starts his part of the match off blindfolded, and then he does something, and people are like, "Oh," and he just takes off the blindfold. Like, oh, I'm I'm okay, and then away we go to the races from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that that was fine. Uh, into this match for sure. I thought it was very good. Oh, totally. Jim Cornette be damned. Right, exactly. Um, brief thing with Adam Cole backstage. We'll, we'll talk more about him a little bit later on. Uh, but we had Nyla, Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. Not a lot to say about this match. I thought it was just kind of fine. Uh, Some people were calling the uh, Ruby Soho trying to do her finisher on Nia while she's on the top rope. People were calling it a botch. And I'm like, look closely. Nia's holding the top rope dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a botch. No, bad. and that, that wasn't – that I didn't – bother me as well, but uh, I, I definitely thought the match that they had in the tournament was much better mm. than this. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe I was just kind of expecting a little bit more from it, but uh, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't like, again, it was bad. Yeah, it was It was what it was. Um, we then had the Gun Club uh, attacking Jungle Boy backstage and tossing him out into the freezing cold yeah. blizzard snow of Chicago. That looked like it just hurt like absolute shit. As somebody uh, I, I can attest, it hurts. As somebody who, who's been ill-prepared and has slipped and fallen on the ice, uh, uh, this sucks. It fucking stings. Yep. Uh, so uh, good on Jungle Boy for uh, putting his body on the line as usual, but, man, that looked like it, it absolutely sucks. Yeah. Um, well, Jungle Boy's one but, of my favorites. He's still the only AEW action figure I own. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, uh, I go to Walmart. It's like I I'm, I don't really want a Jack Hager figure. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No offense to him, because again, he could probably eat me for breakfast too. But <laughs> it really did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, Hangman Page coming out next, uh, continuing the build to his Texas Death mm-hmm. Match against Lance Archer in Atlantic City, New Jersey. A Texas Death Match in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, boy. Uh, so that's next week, and uh, yeah, this this was sort of. Uh, I heard Brian Alvarez complaining about how we didn't we had really uh, have been putting over uh, Lance very much as somebody that's like yeah. convincing or or have it, had a beatdown angle. You would have expected a beatdown angle, and we got our beatdown angle here for sure with him absolutely laying out Hangman Page. But you kind of thought maybe they would have done this a little bit sooner. But mm-hmm. again, it was what it was, and and to be fair, uh, I do. I uh, think that I I am really looking forward to that that match next week. Uh, Adelia here asks us who do yeah. we think is winning that Hangman versus Archer match? It's obviously Hangman. 
They're not yeah, I'm looking at it like similar to when Daniel Bryan won the heavyweight title after WrestleMania 30. It's like the next month he had Kane. You're like, yeah, okay, it's gonna be a good match, but you know who's gonna win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because, Kane's not because the money is Cole Hangman, which I'm assuming yes. is gonna be the next one. They the work on Rampage, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. We did we did get some build towards that uh, on the on the, the thing. So this is definitely feels like a bit of a filler feud. Uh, and and Ellery's kind of has it's like Archer doesn't have have a chance to right, be Hangman like, here, but he's a good you know person to have in the filler feud. He is, yeah. Because sure. I was he, thinking he's credible. He is credible as a big man. He's so a, works, not, a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Hangman is the smaller guy for sure, but like. You know, another one that I thought of would be good for would have been good for Hangman uh, coming off of winning the title and having those matches with Brian Danielson would have been Nero, uh, but he's injured right now. So is that what it is? That's why he's been gone this morning. He's been injured. Yeah, he has he has been hurt. So he's he's recovering from injury. I think it was like maybe a shoulder thing. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. But uh, yeah, he's so he's been hurt for a while. That's why we've only seen him in a couple vignettes feuding with God apparently. (laughs) Um, But. uh, yeah, so uh, I am looking forward to that Texas death match. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun uh, regardless. Of, yeah. Of oh, yeah, especially if you've got two hosses that are just going to kick the crap out of each other. Oh, That's yeah. one of the things I love about AEW is, uh, AEW is they might have restrictions, but they're like, guys, just go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then we get our main event. Uh, this has been built to for months now, it feels like. Basically, since Punk debuted in AEW, we – we figured he would eventually have a match with MJF, and I think a lot of put a lot of people kind of figured that he would put over MJF. Uh-huh. And not only did he do that, but he put him over twice, twice, twice. and advance the Wardlow plot, which oh, yes. that was genius. Whoever came up with that idea deserves a gold star. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Let's just like let's just talk about it. At the end of the match, you've got CM Punk uh, outside. Uh, Jeff is down on the ground. Wardlow comes out. You're like, because you, if you know what the storyline is going, you're like, oh, what's going to do here? Is this going to be finally when he turns? No, he stands over MJF, but then he moves to the side. CM Punk throws him in. MJF, while the rest distracted, hits him with the ring. One, yep, three. Then when we get to the replay, what do they show? Wardlow, an angle passed, we didn't see. Well, we didn't see Wardlow passed MJF the ring. And, oh, my God, that was genius. It was. It really was. Look, um, you can get mad at heat spots, you know, or or big heel wins and everything. And, and, you know, one maybe nitpick that I had about the show is that if you were going to do this big thing here, that maybe you could have had a couple more babyface victories earlier in the show because it seemed like all heel victories prior to this other than the Moxley match, right? Mm -hmm. But – uh, I think that uh, this was a bold decision by AEW, but one that absolutely 100% works. Yeah. And the the false finish even as well. It all oh, added sure. to it. Uh, the Wardlow thing gets further. The one, the one um, thing about the false finish, though, I for me, it would have worked more if this wasn't the main event. Yeah. That's sure, I can see that. Really, yeah. the only negative thing I have to say about that match it's yeah, and, it, and almost part part of me thought that they were going to put this match to kick off the show. Yeah, me too. You know, but, um, but I, I get why they put it as the main event. Yeah. It's obviously Punk in his hometown and everything, but uh, the first, I think this is the first time that he's ever lost in Chicago Not on a big that. show like this. It's the first time his shoulders have been pinned to the mat since January of 2014. Wow. Yeah. What a stat. 
And I think that, again, this is like AEW, man, where it's like you expect certain things. You, they might be labeled predictable or whatever, but they're things that make sense. And I think exactly. everybody figured that it made absolute sense for MJF to beat CM Punk, uh, whether by nefarious means or not. He, oh, it's MJF. He's always going to win through nefarious means. Uh, and that's just part of his character. And you know what they're doing here is they are building a star. And that right. is something that you can't say for some other companies. And that's what I was going to say, like, MJF already was a star, but this is the feud that's going to take it to that next level at yes. 100%, 100%. And you know, we're going to have the rematch. That you have to have the rematch just based on how the ending goes. Yes. Now, this is where I'm, uh, this is a question for you. What type of yeah. match would you like to see them have for the rematch? Ooh, in terms of like a, uh, maybe a stipulation? Yeah, I've got one. This is, this probably okay. will never yeah. happen. But I, I got nothing old, for now. It's based on the old school feel that you get from AEW. So I watched for the first time the other night, Starcade 1985, United States heavyweight title match, Steel Cage, I quit, Magnum TA versus... Ooh, Steel Cage, Steel Cage I, quit? I quit? Ooh, that's a good one. If anybody I can like pull that. it off, do the old school, new school merger, it is those two. That's the type of match yeah. I would like to see them do. Now, my, other, my follow-up question to that for you is do you have, let's say they do this match again on the pay-per-view, because you're probably going to have Cole and Paige mm-hmm. uh, as that main event. Let's say this is maybe a co-main event. Do you have Punk put over MJF again? I say yes, you do. Yes. I say yes, yeah. you do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, do that. And if you do, if they end up do facing for the title, I don't think Punk should ever lose, should ever win, because that is something that yeah. MJF, and hold over him for the rest of the career is you never beat yep. me. Yep. You never beat me. And uh, another thing that somebody pointed out recently, uh, I believe it was a bat, the for one of those first battle Royals that we had in AEW, the last two guys were MJF and hangman Adam page and MJF eliminated hangman Adam page. So he could technically have that to say, Oh, I got to yeah. wait over the champion and then challenge for the title, probably at double or nothing. And yeah. You know what? I think MJF is the guy to beat Hangman out of page. If it's Me not too. like my other wacky theory that I have about Cody, uh, which I've now kind of like, nah, probably yeah. sort of the fact that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe further down the line, but uh, I do think that uh, you have MJF beat Hangman out of page at double or nothing. I, I agree. Yeah, like you've got easily the biggest baby face in your company against easily the biggest heel in the company. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes sense for MJF to do it. And then could you just imagine the the, the shenanigans he's going to do afterwards? I don't think he's going to have Wardlow at his side. I think finally in that final yeah. match with Punk, that's when it's going to happen with Wardlow. I think so too. That pay-per-view might be the Wardlow turn. And this is interesting. I've heard some other people mm-hmm. say this too, but Ilya's saying here that she's far more interested in the Wardlow bit of the storyline uh, than the MJF and Punk parts and has no idea why. I'll tell you why, because it's intriguing as hell. And yeah. it's something that they've been building up for three years now in this company, this mm-hmm. sort of uh, turn of Wardlow, uh, babyface turn on MJF. And the punk feud, whereas the punk feud uh, has been, you know, like maybe eight months filled, something like that, or however long it's been since yeah. punk debuted. Uh, well, I think August. that was, what, July August. or August last year. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's been, you know, a few months now. Yeah, um, I get that. I certainly get that. And while, yeah, MJF and, and Punk is a 
very intriguing feud on its own. I think the story with with Wardlow sort of also being in the mix yeah. uh, is interesting. I don't know if I would say I'm interested in one more than the other, but I'm definitely super intrigued by both. At this point, they're kind of they they are intermingled together. Yeah. And if you're watching Wardlow during that spot at the end of the match, like he's still playing it up, like he doesn't want to do, but this is my boss, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing that they said. This is like part of the whole storyline is that his contract technically isn't with AEW. It's with with MGF. So once he does finally turn, I think the easiest way to get out of that uh, part, I mean, they're using part of the storyline brilliantly, but like after Wardlow makes the turn, Wardlow has signed with All Elite Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Put up the graphic. Wardlow is All Elite. Wardlow is the free agent next week. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That would be hilarious. No, but I think I think that's how that's the easy way to explain it. Like, oh, why is Wardlow back? Because obviously MGF will terminate his contract with him or fire him. But then it's like, well, Tony Khan just fired him for AEW, so he's now on the roster. Even though technically. He's signed with all elite wrestling. Yeah, 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 basically. But um, and I think he's like signed for quite a while. He's got like a five year contract or, oh, really? or something. Probably. Oh yeah, he, he's and got he's, that, he's got like that Batista ness to him. Yeah, and which which you can see like those reports about WWE like interested in him wanting to sign him, but then yeah. he sort of goes on a podcast and says, I- I'm an AEW guy for life, and I want to yeah. be in this company for the rest and of my career. And that's the thing that we're going to notice a lot more going forward is there's going to be a lot less people wanting to go to WWE. Yeah, yeah, and, and people yeah. wanting to stay with AEW. Exactly. So that's something um, WWE's going to have to pay watch out for when in the next few years is nobody's going to want to go there. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, good stuff there, man. I, I was uh, – you know, I think I had to re- – in real time, I had the reaction that I was supposed to of, boo, no, that's bullshit. But, but. Oh, me, I'm, it reminded me so much of an old-school wrestling match, like Ric Flair, Terry Funk, Ric yeah, Flair, yeah. Ricky Steamboat, uh, Hogan Savage. Like, those are the types of matches that it reminded me of, so I was glued yeah, to yeah. TV. And it, was a, it was a great match. Yeah, like, great, uh, 40, great story, well-paced well-constructed, like, kudos to those guys. Hands down, CM yeah, Punk's yeah. best match since he's been back. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I would I would probably agree with that. Uh, I did love his match against Eddie Kingston, but I think... Right, right, right. Short, yeah. short. But, that, but uh, this is, like, this is, like, next level. Like, this is oh, yeah. prime. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then, uh, moving on to Rampage, we, uh, we had uh, poor Evil Uno getting squashed by Adam Cole here to kick off the show. Uh, that, that was a bummer for, for poor Uno, but I get why they did it. Uh, there were four matches going into the show. Rampage sometimes is three, sometimes it's four. When yeah. it's four, you can kind of expect one of them to be a quick squash. And, which this one was. <laughs> which this one was kind of the default for, for that yeah. spot. Uh, made sense, you know, if you're setting up Adam Cole to be the next challenger for whoever, you know, technically right now for whoever wins this match on Wednesday mm-hmm. against uh, Archer and, and Page, obviously. Page. Page versus Cole at the pay-per-view, yeah. big money, main event. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, this, this was a certainly effective, I think, for Adam, putting over Adam Cole in that spot. I heard some people complain, like, why did they beat him in that match uh, against Orange Cassidy? And there was no reason to give Orange Cassidy to win and, and everything. But, but, that's, but that match technically doesn't count. Yeah, right? and that's that's the counter-argument for that. Yeah, but, and that, that's when you do one of those matches. When you're in a predicament where it's like, okay, you've got two really good guys who can't afford to lose, that's having a lights-out match. Yeah, ex- exactly. If you want to keep them both protected. And, yeah, 
And that's certainly the way to do that. And you also follow that up with Adam Cole having a squash match like this against somebody like Evil Uno, who you wouldn't normally necessarily think is is taking a squash in a loss here. You know what I mean? Uh, but yes, thank you, Ferris. We appreciate it. The best, best wrestling podcast on the on the internet. First one I've ever been called best anything on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so looking forward to that match. I'm sure that's the, they're going to tear the house down, uh, Cole yeah. and uh, and and uh, Paige. Uh, what Revolution is the next pay per view? Yes. So yeah. that's happening in the the first weekend of March, I believe March sixth. So uh, yeah, that'll that'll probably be the main event for that. Um, but then we had uh, Sammy Guevara and Isaiah Cassidy, and man, what a hell of a match this was! This was, this was fucking fun. great, uh, really, really fun. It was that that party match, you know, people talk about. Uh, you got to have like a really good, solid party match on this yeah. show. And that's um, it, it absolutely was. I uh, yes, I apologize, Justin, for not putting respect on Evil Uno's name, but uh, you watched this match too, I'm sure. And yeah, he he got yeah. he got squashed, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, man, Cassidy and, and uh, Guevara here for the TNT title. Crazy yeah. that this wasn't the main event. I thought maybe it would be. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they had Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal. Well, I guess because it's Jay Lethal. Right? Yeah, and that was a great match, too. We'll talk about that. That had definitely, I think, had the crazier finish. But, uh, oh, yeah, he didn't, didn't watch Rampage yet. Go watch it, Justin. Come on. It's a good uh, hour. <laughs> it was hour. a good show. Uh, but, yeah, good uh, good match here for sure. This was a yeah. really a fun, like, party High flying, a lot of high fly spots, things like that uh, in this match. Uh, a lot of attempted interference uh, with Andrade coming yeah. out at one point and sort of trying to now oversee Matt Hardy's uh, operations here. It looked like maybe there was a little bit of like tease of dissension between him and Matt, uh, which I don't know if that's going to maybe lead to Matt sort of being kicked out of his own group in a way and Andrade and taking it over. And then when then you have Jeff come in, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, now earlier because, I said dude, I wonder. Dude, well, no, think I of this way: the Hardys versus Private Party. I mean, come on. The Hardys versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah. What you see? Earlier, I yeah, earlier I had said like I wonder if this is going to play into the inner circle stuff because throughout the whole match you had Jericho on commentary saying like. Oh, Sammy doesn't need me. Um, he, you know, he can handle his own stuff. There's five people at ringside for for um, Isaiah Cassie, yet nobody's there for Sammy, even though Jericho's up there. You're thinking maybe Sammy could say, hey, like, where the hell were you last week? And then that could play into it, and then Sammy splits off. Am I overthinking yeah. this? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think they're going to do something with yeah. this storyline. Like, this This is definitely wasn't just there to be a match, because sometimes AEW does do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no stream alarms. Go away, bot. We're not doing that on the show. Uh, you can post your questions, your comments and, and questions in the chat and we'll definitely respond to them. But yeah, we don't need to be asking for your money here on the drop kicks. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we then, uh, had, uh, let's see here. Yeah, this, After this match was, um, this was a little bit of a letdown for me. It was Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, which Every, really was they a, had great matches on the indies. So they have uh, Warrior Wrestling recently. Yeah. Go and check that out. This was more uh, storyline than anything else. Than um, it was, was further the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker feud. Yeah. Um. So it was a good match for like the few minutes that it lasted, but it ended with a uh, with Mercedes Martinez, who I'm not sure if she uh, 
realizes she's not on NXT anymore and can't really pull these kind of stupid bullshit finishes, but hits Thunder Rosa with the crowbar and uh, crowbar gets the deep First, uh, yeah, big, big lead pipe, whatever it was, uh, giant thing. Uh, hits her with it, gets the DQ, first ever DQ in Rampage history. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not sure that we needed this. I think you could have booked it a little differently where maybe Thunder Rosa does a roll-up uh, or something, and then uh, the beat the beatdown with the uh, the metal rod happens after the match. I'm yeah. not sure we needed a DQ finish here. If I'm not going to be honest, if I'm going to be honest, I, I looked down on my iPad, and then I looked up, and they were interviewing Mercedes in the uh, room. I'm like, was it already over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you actually missed it, but yeah, yeah I did. Had, so I was like, a D- and then I had to go back and look. So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a DQ finish, which was kind of crazy because we don't usually have those. But yeah, they at least sort of played into it afterwards. They had Britt Baker sort of approach her, revealed that she actually hired her, yeah. uh, and that uh, and Jamie Hader was not too not too pleased with that. She was like, "You couldn't get the job done." So more. Mm-hmm. Teasing of dissension between those two. I still think that might be our, our pay-per-view match for Britt Baker. Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. I think there might be a turn here coming up there soon. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to get that before we do get Thunder Rosa Britt Baker for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we might also get uh, Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Martinez, which could be really good. Oh, yeah. uh, if, if they Again, if they let Mercedes actually wrestle in like a longer match, I, that's, I would more want to see that. So actually, speaking of women and, uh, and Forbidden Door and stuff like that, but have you noticed that there's Tyson Kidsman missing from WWE lately? No, that's interesting. Yeah, apparently he's not been seen, but then I guess he was uh, somewhere and he took a picture with somebody who works behind the scenes with AEW, so now there's speculation that they could bring him in. And could you imagine if they bring him in to work with the women? Because, as you notice, yeah. since he's been off TV, and this was brought up on uh, one of the shows I was watching this morning, since he's been off TV, the quality of the women's matches have been downhill. Yeah, a, a little bit. That's that's interesting to note. Um, because but... no, and here's, here's something else, too. Normally, he's heavily involved with the women's Royal Rumble match. I've, I've heard today, mm. again, from Cultaholic, I can't remember where they got it from, but they said a lot of people were turning down being in the women's Royal Rumble match yes. because he was not involved. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of people that just also didn't want to have anything to do with WWE. If, that, if true. that was the that case, um, I heard the the uh, the former Iconics, the inspiration. They now no. uh, they got offered, they turned it down. Nia uh, said, "Fuck no." Yeah, um, <laughs> reaction made me laugh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that's that's interesting to note. Um, and, and I, I I am going to predict a uh, a strong uh, improvement to the AW Women's Division this year. Oh yeah. Uh, they're going to, I think, bring in some new signings here. Uh, Serena Deeb announced mm-hmm. on Twitter recently that they they just signed a couple big names for the women's division. So uh, I'm hoping for, like, uh, Mia Yim or, or possibly uh, Athena. Uh, Tony Storm, absolutely. Uh, Tony Storm recently liked and followed uh, AEW on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that – that's usually a, that an indicator. That means that's, she's signed. <laughs> that's usually a good indicator that there's at least some talks going on between yeah. the two. Companies, and if you so. don't, if you unlike someone and unsubscribe them, it usually means you've broken up, right? Like Charlotte and Andrade. Oh wait, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't do that. So uh, that's um, something to potentially look forward to. Uh, speaking of Serena Deeb, we did have a, another hype package for her. She's just so great. I just want to oh, see yeah. more and more. Of, like I said Serena last week, Deeb. it still boggles my mind that that's the one from this, the lady from the Straight Edge Society. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then we got a, a announcement of matches for next week for Dynamite. We have 
uh, inner circle team meeting yeah. uh, to sort of resolve their differences. Uh, Hangman Page versus Lance Archer in the Texas Death Match in New yeah. Jersey. Uh, and then we have the uh, face of the Revolution ladder qualifying match. So only three match. Actually, that's only two matches that they've officially yeah. announced so far. Uh, but Isaiah Cassidy will be facing this big new signing, possibly Keith Lee, possibly Karrion Cross, whoever it might be, uh, to qualify for that face of the Revolution ladder match. So looking forward to that one. Uh, mm. We then had in our main event Ricky Starks taking on Jay Lethal. Uh, for oh, yeah. the FTW Championship, and I thought this was a really, really good match, especially the finish. Right, which is all yeah, sorts of crazy. But Ricky Starks, man, to be able to turn the Lethal Injection into the Rochambeau like that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What and a counter. No mistake. No mistake. Because that's a move that could easily, you know, something could go wrong. But nope, just so smooth, and that was it. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a really good. Uh, way to cap off yet another solid episode of AEW Rampage. I thought Dynamite was very good too. Uh, it, it was kind of like a bit of a one match show, and the, all the focus and the, I think the attention was on that MJFC and Punk thing that was kind of built around be. that match, as it should have been uh, in Chicago. But I thought Rampage was another very good like hour, third hour follow up mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, and uh, had some very very good entertaining matches. MJF well. versus CM Punk. Would you say it's the best feud around right now? It might be, yeah. It's definitely yeah. the past Brock and Brock and uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. It's the one that I'm certainly more interested in um, for sure. But yeah. um, yeah. So so that's what we had for for AEW Dynamite and Rampage this week. Any, any final thoughts on both of these shows? No, I just they they knocked it out of the park for me as they usually do because that's like I'm just saying to some buddies of mine. Like what I like what I like about it is they focus on the wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of the wrestling and the wrestling matches, it's time for our uh, our weekly match and moment of the week. Uh, and I have a pretty good idea of what yours is going to be, Soda, but uh, the table is yours. What do you have? Uh, so obviously match of the week is MGF versus CM Punk, just because for everything I said earlier, it was perfectly structured. It was, it was perfectly balanced. You were, in, you were in it from start to finish. Had you on the edge of your seats. It had the false finishes. And it had the schmoz finish, which is going to be my moment of the week because of how smooth it was. If it, Now, if it, that didn't happen, my moment of the week probably would be Ricky starts, starts uh, reversing the um, lethal injection to the Roshan yeah. because that was just pretty. But because of how well executed that moment was, you, you didn't see it at first unless you were really paying attention. It was just chef's kiss. Yeah. Agreed. I think that that's probably my moment of the week as well. Uh, is is just the, the, the entire finish of the MJF CM Punk. Uh, and I just was re- really really well executed uh, all around. But uh, my match of the week is actually a little bit different. Uh, this aired, I believe, as we were taping or right around when we were taping last week uh, in Rev Pro in their pay per view high stakes. We had potentially. Uh, as Dave Meltzer is saying, one of the greatest matches, not just of the year, but of all time, uh, Will Ospreay taking on Michael Oku. This and is the match you sent me, right? This is the match that I sent you. <laughs> okay. This, this match was incredible. And I don't want to spoil the finish, but no. it had one of the greatest uh, kind of old school heel type finishes. Oh. Brutal 
finishes that you will ever fucking see. This finish was incredible. This was maybe the best match I've seen all year, which is just crazy oh, wow. to say because we've already seen some bangers. We've been a, a month into the year so far, but we've seen some really good ones. But I think for me, Michael Oku versus Will Ospreay is going to be tough to top for match of the year. Uh, and that brings us to the Will Ospreay five or more <laughs> star match counter, which is now at ding, 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 18. Going into 2022, Will Ospreay with nice. 16, 16 five or more uh, five-star matches has now uh, added two to that and has also brought him within one of one Kenny Omega here as we pull off the graphic. Which is wild. Wrestlers with five or more star matches. Uh, Will Ospreay, who, by the way, I believe will be 29 this year. So still I'm super young. Like I haven't done anything with my Yeah, life. I know, right? I'm going to be 32 this year. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm <laughs> Thanks, sitting on the Will. internet talking about it. Thanks a lot, Will. You made me feel great about myself. But as you see here, uh, yellow highlighted wrestlers are current active wrestlers. So you still got Kazuchika Okada with 22. But Will Ospreay now only seven matches behind uh, the legend Masawa and could very well uh, tie him or at least get pretty close by the time that he's uh, the age of 30, which is just mind-blowing to me. And if the boots well, is going, I wouldn't be surprised by next summer he's got the top spot. Yeah, and I honestly think, like, and this is, again, a lot of this is about Dave Meltzer's taste in wrestling, which I think a lot of times I we tend to agree with, especially when it comes to somebody like Will Ospreay. Yeah. Um, he might, like, eventually, for somebody like, like Meltzer, uh, be considered the greatest wrestler that we've ever seen in terms of like a, an in-ring worker, yeah. a character, a heel. This guy's like giving MJF a run for his money when it turns, in terms of being a heel, especially at a show like this where he's in England, which is like his home turf. So his heel turn in New Japan has been carried over. And a lot oh. of people, uh, people who didn't like Will Ospreay to begin with and thought he was overrated now feel justified. And people that were fans of Will Ospreay now feel betrayed. And this guy gets some serious fucking heat. Is like, really? The place, is it what? Is it really a long, like that long of a match? About 50 minutes long, yeah. It could, uh, uh, okay, I found the match on the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, highly recommended if you could go and find this Will Ospreay versus Michael Oku match. It's fucking incredible. So, yeah, it's, I, it's, I it's, highly it's recommend it. my list to watch so later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So that is my uh, that is my match of the week, um, and uh, I think that's uh, pretty much going to wrap it up here for us today on this episode of the Drop Kicks. Uh, Soda, uh, where can the people find you, and what do you have going on uh, up there on the Northern Entertainment Group? Um, well, yeah, so you can find me over the Northern Entertainment Group uh, Facebook uh, YouTube channel. Sorry, um, you can find me on my personal Instagram and Twitter at Soda underscore the underscore Saxman. Um, the next thing I have coming up is tomorrow night at six PM. We're having another edition of Northern Unwind, so definitely check that out. Um, I cannot remember the guests off the top of my head, unfortunately, but it's it's a pretty stacked show, so definitely check that out. Nice, absolutely. I also want to give a plug to uh, Mount Schmodown, which uh, we we were going bleeding through a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of our, our going head to head here. Um, but um, and they, they had Don Yellow Roca on today, yes. so yeah, I highly recommend. I'm going to probably go and watch that later, but uh, definitely uh, check that out. But uh, before we get out of here, 
Uh, we got somebody that's uh, going to join us here for a couple minutes, and, and we might have the show go for another four hours, but uh, he wanted to hop on here uh, and say hello for the last, last couple minutes. It's the one, the only, Hollywood Hambone, Justin Hamilton. How are you doing Listen, today, sir? Look, man, I couldn't sit back in the back and just allow this to go unnoticed. You're going to come on here with a Hulkamania shirt on? And two things, man. For one, you can't do that without ripping off another shirt, okay? All right? And secondly, every sentence that you should have said on today's show while wearing that should have ended with brother. Oh, I'm so sorry about that, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. You come on our show (laughs) and you represent Hulkamania. And you don't even say brother one time? Like, come on. So I'm sorry. I never, I never thought about that. Like, for real. But I, I just want to say, man, while I'm here, just for a couple seconds, is like MJF and what CM Punk did on Dynamite was just truly amazing. Yeah. You know, you always hear people talk about like, oh, they're going to tell stories in the ring and this kind of thing without actually just even cutting a promo. That was a story that was told in the ring. 100%. When, when the shoulder was injured, when the knee was injured, mm-hmm. you know, when all those things were happening in the match, when yeah. even like the stinger that MJF like played up, I really thought that both the competitors were truly injured at yeah. all times. Like I was like, oh crap, like is CM Punk actually injured? Oh crap, did M- MJF actually right. suffer a stinger on that neck thing that he was playing up for a while? Like all those things leading up to the end of the match, leading up to future things. Like mm-hmm. I understand that CM Punk lost in Chicago and everything else, but they go to Chicago pretty often. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm just gonna say this: like, I I loved it. I love. A lot of people thought Wardlow was turning, but man, dude, Me how too. much more? Yeah. How how much more is that going to mean when he finally pulls the yeah. trigger? No, right? It's going to be for importance, man. Like I'm telling yeah. you, it's set up already. Yeah. MJF's going to get this belt. Come crook, thief, whatever you guys do, he's going to get this championship belt. He's going to run. They're going to let him get a couple of victories and defend it a few times. And then it's going to be a match with CM Punk. Mm. And Warlow's going to turn on him. You think that's cost him the championship? That, that's when it's going to happen. That's it's going to be months from now. But when it happens, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's the thing, man. That's how you set up stuff. That's why it's really tough for me to watch the WWE programming right now is because some of their stories goes, like, just missing. Like, you you don't even know what happened to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the Royal Rumble, they literally teased Rey Mysterio and his, like, son character. I don't even know. if It might be his real son. It is his son. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, like. Not Eddie Guerrero, son. No. Yeah, exactly. But they teased that them two was going to go at and do something in the Royal Rumble, and they wasn't even in the Royal Rumble at the same okay, time. Roman got eliminated, and like two spots later was Ray. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh, man. That kind well, of the thing is, Justin, that WWE plans certain things, but then Vince changes his mind every five seconds. So there's just constantly shit just happening for no apparent reason. Whereas AEW books something like Wardlow to eventually turn on MJF when he first debuts, but like three years later, you know what I mean? Hook so stuff pays example. off. Hook is another example. Yeah, look how big a massive getting, of a star he is. He's one of the biggest stars getting, the rest of the match. It's getting, the last point I'll make is it's getting so bad over at WWE right now that like I literally, I couldn't have seen this a couple of months ago, but it's getting closer and closer to where I could see 
both Shane O'Mac and Triple H walking through the curtains at AEW That's- as background characters, not wrestlers, Managers, not going out maybe. there and having yeah. fights, but maybe as these guys that are coming in trying to take over the company or something right there. Like just so, and like maybe they get a stable with them, you know, and like have their wrestlers do stuff. Triple H starting his own company. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I think, look, I think he thought that he was definitely one hundred percent the person that's going to run WWE when Vince McMahon finally steps aside, and now it doesn't look that very clear. No, it hasn't. I could literally see him starting his own thing or teaming up with someone who could be competition to like show. This is what you could have had. If that's the case, I think the perfect fit would be AEW because him and Tony Khan, you can tell they have similar booking mentalities. If you look yeah, at, at least they do. I don't know if like there's success. Yeah. If Triple H who does kind of veer more into the wrestling of it all mm-hmm. as opposed to the sports entertainment. Look, I can see that, but I, I also don't know if there's uh, room uh, for both of those egos. Uh, together, and I think that the better option would be for Triple H to sort of start Which his own thing and like do, kind of do like another NXT type of deal. Um, but but who knows, man? Like crazier shit has happened in pro wrestling. Like a lot of the shit that we've seen over the last few years. If I had told you about that the years prior, you would have been like, "You're crazy," or "What drugs are you smoking?" Or yeah. "Where can I find some?" Like um, Chris, but uh, Christian main eventing three different pay per views of three different companies. Bro, yeah, look at Brian Danielson. Right? Yeah. yeah. Barry Denison. Another one. Like, I never thought he would have left uh, WWE, to be honest with you. And me. I never would have right. thought we would see him punk back. Yeah. Not yeah, true. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Justin, thanks, man, for joining us here for the last few minutes. Uh, where can the people find you? And what do you got going on coming up with any? Uh, they can find me here. And we're about to, it should be releasing the next day or two a Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer reaction. Netflix is coming out with a new. Uh, killer movie, you know what I'm saying? I like some of that stuff. I like it when it gets uh, hardcore and bloody when it comes to films. Yeah. Guys, I mean, some people could have took that the wrong way. That's why I had to definitely say <laughs> films. Sure. But like, but yeah, man, like I love that kind of stuff, so I'm pretty excited about it. It actually looked pretty good, so y'all can watch the trailer reaction, and dude, we got all kinds of stuff going on all over the place. Yeah. Like, we, shoot, we Dagan, Dagan and them's got a damn uh, rewatch, like, random a rewatch discussion for what the Matrix Reloaded that's already hit over 700 views. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, the, nice. uh, the the YouTube algorithm uh, picked up on on our Matrix. Me and uh, Alex did the uh, the rewatch series for all the Matrix movies, uh, minus the Animatrix. We didn't even do that one, but the, the four Matrix movies. Uh, and uh, yeah, for some reason, that one picked up, picked up on and people did watch it. I think so. Dagan said he was up for it, but yeah, we might even do like a, a similar type of vein because of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out. Yeah. Going back and at least maybe watching more than one, but at least watching the original Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre and doing like a review of that. And I, I have, you know what? I would recommend also doing a review of the second one. That's the one with like, oh, the I like, I like the second. yeah. I like I have, it when he starts doing the pelvic thrust with a chainsaw and homegirls in that like bathroom. Oh, I just love that, like, that the cover is uh, is the Breakfast Club. That just kills me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I have never seen any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, so uh, I'm definitely gonna have to be a part of that. Only the remake. I've okay. only seen the 2004 remake. Yeah. Cool. So we we might have some uh, watch long thing going on for that. Uh, but uh, also wanted to let everybody know before we get out of here. We got this big, big show coming up here tomorrow uh, right here on Twitch on this this channel, twitch.tv slash LGR Network. It's the Any Given Schmo Day. 
one-year anniversary special. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we might talk, talk about some Schmodown, uh, but we're mostly just going to be uh, shooting the shit and celebrating one year of being uh, having the show and putting it out there for everybody. And, and uh, it's just going to be, be a lot of fun, and we're going to let the fans sort of pick the topics as we go along. Phone lines open for the entire show, uh, so we'll have the number posted, and you can call in. At any point during the show, and there's really no yeah, time guys. limit. We might go an hour, we might go two hours, we might go you know longer. Who knows? Um, you but, don't even uh, have to ask Modown questions. You can just give Dagan shit, right? Yes. Basically, just go, call in and, and troll us. We we don't care. That's like kind of the idea behind this show. <laughs> uh, some other surprises, um, but uh, confirmed so far, we have uh, Josh uh, and uh, and Northern Entertainment Group's own Kiwi Jess is going to be uh, there as well. Uh, so a, a lot of fun that goes down tomorrow, uh, or if you're watching this on replay, Sunday the 6th uh, on twitch.tv slash LGR Network, uh, same time as we did today, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern, and uh, man, I am, I'm super hyped to do that show tomorrow. It's just going to be a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, it's just amazing how, how far we've, we've grown and everything, mm-hmm. and, and being able to do the show on the Let's Get Ready Network for, for the past few months. Uh, just been an amazing, amazing time. So we can't wait to celebrate it uh, with you all uh, one year of, of having this uh, this fun show. So uh, thanks, you all, uh, for joining us here today. And, uh, Justin, you want to you wanna do a uh, an honorary uh, exit as we get out of here? Uh, do your do your usual thing. And mouthful of food and everything. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm eating some pistachios, you know what I'm saying, like the good nut. You know, it's always good. Like it's sweet chili flavored. It's always good when you get a little sweet heat nuts in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? So like, wow. that's what's going on today. But until next time, guys, we love you guys. Thank you for all the support. Please like, please subscribe here, follow, but go to subscribe to the YouTube channel that th- this stuff goes straight over there whenever we're able to put it on there. But until next time, peace.